I begin by acknowledging I'm recording on unceded Indigenous lands. When I begin by paying my respects to traditional owners, past, present and everywhere, I'm putting Aboriginal sovereignty first as an activist standing on stolen land. When I begin by saying that it always was and always will be Aboriginal land, I'm consciously choosing that sentiment over white supremacy, colonialism, neoliberalism, and anything else that's setting us on fire and poisoning the planet. That's how I begin The Poor Can Feed The Birds. Horse shit free. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Thomas Q. Tanneke. I am your host, Tom Tanneke, Chief Pokemon Collector, and the Pokemon that we're gathering today are of the anti-lockdown movement the rarest of Pokemon. Some real kooks in there. And if you've been paying attention to my videos, uh, you will have seen that I have dedicated copious amounts of time to talking about these kooks, to collecting these Pokemon. I love them. I don't love them, but it's refreshing to look at them and to try and understand them for once instead of dead shit Nazis. I really fucking hate them. I've got one of the best people in Australia, really, I would say, to talk about it with me. It's Cam Smith. Hello, Pokemon Hunter. Conspiracy Hunter. And um, uh, Cam has been watching the anti-lockdown movement probably a little bit longer than I have. Um, I'm very overdue to be talking about them on this podcast. So uh, given how intrigued I am by hunting them. So we are actually handing out an award at the end of the episode as well. It's called the Golden Truth Seeker Award. And Cam and I will be rating under various categories and awarding a prize to the best figurehead of the anti-lockdown movement. Um, so that's towards the end of the episode. You will notice that the backdrop picture for the uh, podcast is fucking incredible. It's by my friend Poon Goat. Shout out. And obviously, if you don't understand the context behind it, then I'll know that you haven't been listening to the past few episodes. So fuck you. You've heard me. Um, That is me standing on top of that giant death king pangolin. Can't you see the resemblance? How are you this inobservant? Um, I will also possibly down the track be looking into ways that you can perhaps put that on your wall or wear it. Um, Just because it's so fucking amazing, you know? Let's get into the anti-lockdown movement of Australia, the biggest protest movement in the world right now. Cam's a conspiracy hunter, can I call you that? Yeah, sure. Fucking ace. Pokemon hunter. And I see myself as a Pokemon hunter, so I feel among among friends here. Cam's a co-host of the Hypothetical Institute podcast and a co-host on the Yena Passaran podcast with old mate Slack Bastard. He's also a pro ebook author. Aren't you, Cam? I am. If people want, you... to, if people want to check out my uh, beautiful work of literature, Hot Knockers. What is that? Uh, it's a book of knock-knock jokes that I knocked about out in about a day, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. There's 100, 100 knock-knocks in there for a dollar, though, so it's pretty good value. No, that's about good value as fuck, uh, you know. Was that an, an attempt to sort of foray into the world of 
ebooks just to sort of, you know, like you could just knock one out so you would do it? Uh, it was, well, when I say I knocked it out in a day, I mean I knocked it out in a full 24 hours without sleeping. Uh, and you can sort of, <laughs> you can sense that the, the energy as it's written in real time, basically. You can sense the, you know, the manic psychotic break coming onto me as I realize how little sleep I've had. Were uh, you were you on a bender or were you just having like a manic ep? <laughs> I was I wasn't having a manic ep. I think I'd I might have had a few uh, V's. Mm. And you know, once you've written about fifty knock knocks, you're like, oh, you know, I might as well just stay up and knock out the other fifty. And that's a bad idea. I don't recommend that to anyone. You don't, no. But yeah. it, it, the <laughs> book does end with like an elaborate Jeff Goldblum uh, erotic scene. Where well, in the form of a knock knock joke? No, it goes off. It just goes off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I've really got to get it. I've thought about this before. You've just sold me on the fucking thing. Hang on. I've got Waylight here. We're not here to talk about um, this frivolous shit, are we, Cam? Well, I don't know about frivolous, but yes, go on. Sorry, mate. <laughs> well, certainly in comparison to the hefty, the weighty subject matter that we are that we are going to be weighing in on it, it, it pales in comparison, and, and that's not to denigrate your ebook publishing career. Yeah. It's really just to talk about the significance of the Australian lockdown movement, which, which you know, is what we're here to talk about. And, and you know, of course, I, I can't think of anyone more appropriate than you to talk to about this, Cam, because you, you've been there, the earliest that I can think of of anyone been there documenting these people. Um, I've, I've had a crack at it, but I'd say you were there before me and you've been there more consistently than I have. And I respect that and, and I couldn't imagine anyone better to talk to. Um, but that's in the context, I suppose, Kim, of you. You know, you've talked about uh, you focused on conspiracies for quite a while um, through 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 the podcast, haven't you? I mean, that's been going since since 2017, right? Yeah. So we started that. It was just after... The uh, the Burke Street massacre, and we started it because we were we saw these guys on YouTube that were denying that it had even happened, and we sort yeah. of we fell into this rabbit hole of this. There was this real culture on YouTube of like false flag guys, uh, yeah. who anytime anything bad happened, they would come out and say, "Oh no, it didn't happen." You know, the government did it to take away our guns, or in the case of Burke Street, you know, they didn't really have a thing for why the government had done it. Uh, we just had a feeling. Well, it sort of it came down to all of this other stuff about uh, predictive programming and like numerology. So they'd look at like, oh, you know, this person who died was thirty three years old. Well, thirty three is the most powerful Masonic power number, and so clearly the Masons are trying to send us a message. You know, if you take the letters of Burke Street and you know B equals two, O equals whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm no alphabet expert, but if you take all of those and you use these ancient uh, things called gematria where, you know, every letter has a number and you add them all up and it it adds up to this number. And if you add up the, you know, the letters in, you know, Satan is here, it comes up to the same number. And so the Freemasons were trying to tell us Satan is here. So there was a real edge of schizophrenia to it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the whole labelling, immediate labelling of a of a of a tragic event, labelling of it as a false flag. I mean, that really hit prime time when Alex Jones did it over Sandy Hook, and I I, th- I noticed I've noticed this tendency to label everything a false flag that doesn't correlate with their sense of of, of politics and reality. Yeah, Sandy Hook was definitely the real big one. That's when the false flag thing really took off, and you could see if you look back at the start of that, you can see the seeds of it in like. 
these pro-gun people, like they're, they're not conspiracy people necessarily, or maybe that's only part of what they're about, but they are, they were worried that their guns were going to get taken away because Sandy Hook was just such, like it was so terrible. It was little kids. Like, yeah. I think that there was a, there'd been so many school shootings already, uh, but yeah. you know, they're teenagers and it's sort of after the first few that accepted, all right, they're not really going to take our guns. We'll still do that. They're going to take our guns thing, but we're not really worried about it. When little kids die though, I think they thought we have to do something different. Like some of the people, I don't, I'm not suggesting there was a huge NRA conspiracy to yeah. uh, put this out there, but there were definitely people who were on the edges of, you know, the gun lobby who were putting this stuff out there. And I think some of it quite cynically. Yeah. And, yeah, totally. and as it turned out, it didn't fucking matter. No, <laughs> they never came to the guns. But I think yeah. that false flag thing just grew until you got this thing where anything that happened, even if it was unrelated to guns, just sort of got drawn into it just because the movement grew and people that were into it found each other and sort of reached a critical mass. Yeah, yeah. So in that context, ever since then, you've been looking at conspiracies. And, and you know, there's a, such a correlating thing between um, looking at, say, the patriot movement, looking at alt-right movements, and then looking at those conspiracies, because people in all of those spaces are always very, very, um, you know, encouraging of each other's conspiracy theories. It's a very, you know, it's a very supportive space for people to cross-pollinate their, their conspiracy theories. There should be. We've seen a little, we'll talk a little bit later about some people having a go at each other. There are, yeah. although, it, I mean, that's not always the case. Uh, we'll talk about this one in a bit, but also looking back at like these YouTube conspiracy guys, there was sometimes a bit of infighting where they're like, no, your thing about why it's the, you know, the lizard people from Neptune is completely wrong. You're in their yeah. pocket. You're a shill. You know, they like, everyone else is a shill except for them is a fairly common refrain. I think with yeah. the lockdown thing though, like you've noted, there's a lot less of that. There has been a bit of banding together and people like, I think Josh Butler has talked about how he sees this nexus forming uh, between, you know, the anti-vax people and the, the 5G people and the lockdown people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. So, so in, these are all the, this is the context at which you, you experienced it up and in the right places to be able to see that we were getting our own little anti-lockdown movement. Where, where do you reckon that it came from? Um, in Australia, were we just copying America? Um, was it already ready to go? Do you think it was going bound to happen anywhere that we did a lockdown? What are your thoughts? I'm not sure. I think it's just one of the maybe it's just a coincidence that it happened the way it did because our yeah. like our guys like the Thanoses and etc. They don't really seem to take that much direction from America. And yeah, the, the anti-lockdown protests in America, even though. The, they're sort of largely organic. They're what there was a bit of astroturf on the edges. Yeah, but we haven't particularly. Seen- I think with some elements like the anti lock uh, anti vaccine, you know, there's definitely you know their placards are shiny. Yeah, that's how you can always tell. Mm. But uh, there were there were I think there were like small business groups involved in some of the anti lockdown stuff in the states, and I don't know if we've necessarily seen that here. Maybe with, like, some of that Topher Field stuff. I, I don't know whether he was astroturf or whether he was just, like, really wanting to turn anti-lockdown into a budding alt-right career. You know what I mean? And was willing to invest in it. Yeah, they had some shiny signs, though. Yeah, they fucking did. They were ready to go. Everything was prepared for them by someone. But I think that, yeah, like, if you look at the, the groups that, have been behind the lockdown protests in Melbourne and Sydney, et cetera. Like they just sort of happened and then they just sort of happened to cross pollinate. Yeah. And I always, yeah. I was always waiting for them to start having a go at each other and they just never did. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, okay. So I, I mean, 
there was a moment though, and for me it wasn't Topher Field, you know, although that was definitely our first little anti lockdown protest, although that was in the little middle of nowhere. Although I, th- I think you'd agree that you and I sort of both realised there was some real new shit going on when people started smashing their old secondhand tellies at the behest of Thanos. That was when I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I am, I am a Pokemon hunting these people. You know, was that your moment for going? Okay, this is different now. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. For me, it wasn't so much the TVs. Uh, It was the other stuff that they were putting in the videos. So I'm guessing uh, uh, most people listening to this have probably seen the videos about them smashing the TVs. This thing here is called a television. Tell-a-vision. This thing here has been telling us what to think, what to buy, what to eat, who we should vote for. And as for the media, I've got a message for you. Here's my fucking message. No longer will we be programmed. So I, I did like a super cut of that. And when I mm. did, you know, I got all the people smashing their TVs. And what I cut out was the really, what I thought was the boring part, which I realized later was actually the interesting part. Uh, not interesting to watch, just interesting that it was happening, which mm. is that uh, Thanos had written this script for everyone to read out as well as smashing their TV which was, you know, renouncing their vote. And it was written in very specific language that he'd worked out with his special yeah. le- legal mind. Yeah. And yeah. in that, even I thought he'd just sort of come up with it as a way like this thing. But when I looked back at it, there's like really specific sovereign citizen phrases in it. Like, uh, you know, I'm talking to the governments de jour or, or the, the de facto governments of Australia. De facto is like a specific sovereign citizen term. Yes, yeah. And so he- I, I got really surprised with that as well. I was laughing at the language in it. I thought he just, you know, had a, a poor grasp on it. And to go in and look back then, I, later on, I realised there was, oh, look, it still merits laughing at, but it's not nearly as, like, um, accidental as, you know, it did, it's not nearly as mistake-ridden as I thought it was. There was a lot of borrowing from soft-sit points of, points of view. So he was getting, you know, he was getting people to, like renounce their uh, their vote, and I think it was the idea was that would lead to you know people separating themselves from the contracts they have with the government, etc. And late, yep. lately, now that the mask is a little more off, he's been talking about how hard it is to get people to burn their birth certificates, which have you know your name in capital letters, which means that the government has a secret contract with you. And I think it's clear that back then he was already thinking about how to get people to get on that track. I actually haven't dedicated much podcast time to addressing uh, the anti-lockdown thing, which is strange because I've been obsessed with it. So that's sort of why it's a good opportunity to do that now. But, yeah, for so for people who are unaware, our first, again, you know, after a, a one or maybe two anti-lockdown protests, both from the person that Cam and I mentioned a little while ago, Topher Field, who's someone who's trying to confect himself a, a career as an alt-right grifter, and... Mullumbimbi hippies protesting 5G. They were our only stirrings then. But Thanos Panayidis, who was on an episode of Family Food Fight in 2017, and then he wasn't, and then I think he really just wanted some sort of fame for himself again. You know, he he ended up creating a group which got really, really popular, the 99% United, really quickly. And he tried to capitalise on that and I guess to galvanise it into something that would gather the get the attention of the outside world. 
um, by by getting everyone to smash their TVs. And, and yeah, Cam released a super cut of it, as he said before, and it, it got very, very big, didn't it, Cam? I mean, it went all the way around the world. I think Thanos had Vice reaching out to him as a result of it. Yeah, it, um, it was very popular and I regret not putting anything on it promoting any of my stuff. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell, hey. Yeah, yeah. Thanos created that space and um, not long after that there was a, a rally, but it has all different kinds of people at it. And, and, and this is the important thing about the anti-lockdown, I think, is that it's a, I've been describing it as a conglomerate conglomerate or a or a big tent for a variety of different conspiracy theories. And as long as it's getting more popular, I guess they're all quite content to, you know, as I said before, to cross-pollinate and to sit around with each other. But tell me, Cam, in your mind, what makes up the anti-lockdown movement here? You know, what are its various moving parts and conspiracies? Right. Well, the, you've got the 5G thing. So yeah. this is... It, it always annoys me when I see people dismiss it as a, you know, the idea that 5G causes coronavirus or that the virus is spread, you know, over the phone. You're going to be talking to your nan and you're going to catch COVID off her. Uh, mm. The 5G thing, they're, they're saying, you know, COVID's not real and that the symptoms that people are experiencing are caused by the radiation from the 5G. And, you know, yeah. there's always been uh, mobile phone tower conspiracies and concerns about radiation from mobile phones. Uh, 5G just happens to be the next one. Uh, it's possibly because there are legitimate concerns to be had about 5G and how it can facilitate, you know, mass surveillance. But you, yeah. you very rarely see them mention that. Although I have seen Thanos occasionally bring it up, but then he gets into this whole other virus isn't real shtick. And yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because there's actually, as you said, you know, there's some big conversations to be had about 5G, but instead, you, you know, you end up looking like a kook, like one of these people just for bringing them up, you know? It's almost like they're doing a great job of um, uh, 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 making anyone, even with legitimate 5G concerns, look like rubbish, you know? Then you've got the anti-vax crowd, and that's, you know, that's a, that's a spectrum as well. You know, you've got people that think that, you know, the vaccinations are just a, an excuse to put microchips into your body. Uh, and then you've got people who think, you know, vaccines cause autism or they cause this disease or that disease. And part of the problem with that is, you know, there's this huge body of literature out there that is all bullshit but suggests that. But, you know, the yeah. average person doesn't really have the capacity always to tell which is the bullshit side and which is the not side. And so that's a task for lots of different people to combat that. Sure. Uh, you've got the lo just the plain lockdown people who are sick of being cooped up inside. You know, they've lost their jobs or their family members have lost their jobs or they're stuck at home with the kids and they've got a lot of time to get on Facebook and research. And I'm glad you pointed that out because that's a pretty – there's a lucid element to all this. It's not just – it's not all, you know – Bill Gates in space causing 5G. It's not, you know, they, they, there's a tangible element of people who quite understandably, whether or regardless of their response, are uh, unhappy or even just sad hmm. about the response to it. And, you know, some of those people are starting out lucid and then going a little less lucid with the time they're spending researching things. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I guess you've got the sovereign citizens uh, who have their own ideas about the law and uh, how it applies to them. 
Yeah. And they have definitely been getting their, it's a little bit of a grift. I think there's a, actually, there's probably a heavy grifter element to some of these soft sit guys. And they've been getting their hooks into people from all of these different other groups and getting them to sort of go with their legal strategies, which often involve, you know, sending letters <laughs> And Actually, I, I think you know what. With the sovereign citizens, it's so hard to that. That it is also a bit of a tent for for different um, uh, grifters and conspiracy theorists, and as well in a, in and of its own right. But one helpful way of of instructing, I suppose, what, what's going on, all the different strands of conspiracy world, will be the 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 big beef going on at the moment. Hey. Oh yeah, Wayne Glue versus uh, what's his name? King Steve. King Steve, the king, the big king. So, so fucking Wayne Glue. For those of you who watch my videos, you will have noticed. I think in part five or six of my anti-lockdown stuff, I did go into uh, uh, constitutional essentialists a little bit, and mostly Wayne Glue. I stopped on for a while. And he's someone who had his um, he had his house taken off him by the government because he refused to pay rates for many years, and, and, or his property, and you know because he doesn't believe that we're operating under the correct constitution. We've got a secret hidden red one. This is a premier I'm talking about because you have got nothing to say that is lawful. You're a liar and a traitor. You don't like that. Bring me before a lawful court, not your stupid courts that you call courts. They're commercial gatherings. So there's guys like that, and Wayne is currently fighting the king, and this is a guy who's been anointed by several other sovereign citizens around him, the king, the true king of Australia. And they're kind of like, I don't know, how do you describe that? Those are the king lot. They're kind of like Game of Thrones people um, in the real world, yeah? Yeah, sort of. I mean, they're definitely they're those guys are all religious. I think there's a religious aspect to those guys. I think if you saw the thing in WA uh, the other week where they kicked in the door of the old oh, courthouse, yeah, that's the best. I'll just talk about them for a second to I think explain how Steve became the king. If you look at how they took that over that courthouse, they sent a letter to the you know whoever runs the courthouse saying, uh, we'd like to take ownership of the courthouse, please. And they didn't get a response because you don't need to respond to letters from, you know, random people saying that they want to take over the property. Then when they didn't get a response, they said, well, you've sort of uh, agreed to it by not responding. We're going to kick in the door. And I think it's the same thing with King Steve. (laughs) King Steve has got this idea that, you know, at some point in history, uh, the, the real king, whoever, abdicated their throne because they didn't, you know, tick the right box on some bit of paperwork. And so the position is empty and so anyone could fill it. And so he's just stepped in. He's the first person who's worked this out and has stepped in. And no one said he couldn't. So he's now now he's the king. He's the fucking king and fucking salute the fucking king. Yeah. Um I I'm I'm look, I I, I support his claim to the um to the new throne. But, okay, so him and Wayne are falling out. What's going on there? Well, I don't know what started this. I just saw Wayne did a video like last week, or no, not even last week, just a few days ago, having a go at Steve. 
and saying, you know, this guy's a lunatic. Uh, he's you know, just making stuff up. <laughs> Fucking Wayne. Wayne, you are not, you know, something about glass houses and stones, you know? Uh, and he, he got a little bit personal as well. He's like, you know, I think Stephen maybe said something about other people being rubbish. And he's like, well, I've heard that you're you're quite rubbish and, you know, anywhere you go you turn into a tip. And, like, having a crack at his personal hygiene, he says, I've heard you, you never take baths, which is like the king doesn't need to take a bath. Don't fucking, you know what? He is body sovereignty. Don't fucking tell the king when or if he should have to bath. You know, king baths. When and if the king wants to. And if he does it, if he wants to stink, who are you to fucking say otherwise? Yeah, but then Wayne's like, you know, lay off the wacky backy or stop drinking or maybe get on some meds because I've, I've heard they're good. <laughs> oh, this is juicy, this fucking beef, isn't it? Because these guys are like, Wayne Glue has like a, con, you know, like a chiding old man vibe about him, like tells off the premier and the prime minister and tells them they're not legal yeah yeah you felt like you're being told off by dad or granddad a little bit um steve spears is just a fucking cunt like i the first time i saw my king in a video he was like calling everyone a retard and then like (laughs) explaining like you literally are retards because you aren't moving forward so therefore you're retard i'm like oh thanks for explaining a fucking word to me horrible prick yes i'm rude i've called lots of you retards but when you look at the definition of the word retard, it's the opposite of advanced. And you are behind. You, you are not advancing as a people. You are actually going backwards. So you are retarding yourselves. Anyway, so whose side are you on in that, babe? I'm well, with Wayne Glue, actually. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I have to go with the king. Cause the, Holy shit. The, the king hit back. And so he he did this video the other day about uh, ASIO on the far right. So this story came out on background briefing uh, this, yeah. this week about uh, how ASIO, like a third of their resources or something, are dedicated to looking at far right extremists. And wow. I think this yeah. might this might have been something Stephen said that actually set Wayne off. He, you know, he's telling he was criticizing people for going out to these protests, and he expand, oh. in his response to Wayne he expands on that a bit because in some of this reporting about the ASIO on the far right, they were using pictures of people with the red flags, which is what yeah. all of these guys are into, this, this red ensign flag yeah. that is the real flag. The flag of the people rather than of the government. Yeah. And so he's saying, you know, by going out to these protests, you've given them this opportunity to have got us. And now ASIO, of course, has told the ABC, go out and do this story about far-right extremists and use the flag to discredit the movement because it's getting too real and, you know, they don't want us to grow and so they've got to do this, which is, was a little bit of a tangent. But about mm. he doesn't even, like, address the Wayne thing until 40 minutes into this video. And yeah. then he's he's sort of, he's like, I'm, he's giving the impression he's above it all, but then he really sticks the knife in. He just says, you know, Wayne Glue was a police prosecutor and uh, he took his oath in this year and, of course, as we know, uh that means that he took an oath to a foreign power. And so... Ooh, yeah, right. So that means he's a, he's basically a traitor if he doesn't renounce. Really makes you wonder about, like, who his, where his loyalties lie, and then he just leaves it at that. Tell you what, come at the king, you best not miss. Oh, actually, Fucking, he, uh, he does get a little bit more personal. He says, oh, you know, I've heard that your nickname in the police force was Sticky. 
If you're gonna have a go, sticky. If you're gonna have a go oh, of holy. me about my hygiene, I heard you were called sticky. But other than that, it's very uh, subtle knife twisting. These are these. This is juicy as fuck. We're gonna have to stay on this. Oh, regular solve sit beef updates, I reckon. All right. So, but we, you know, they're they're one of the more fun strains. But as you said, there's various different strains. You know. Oh, do you do you do you like them? Do you like the anti-lockdown movement, Ken? <laughs> Not really. Um... <laughs> Sorry, it's a it's a weird question. I, I kind of like them, but only because I'm. I've said this at length many times. I kind of like them because I'm just happy that they're not straight up Nazis. And you know, you, you get used to looking at Nazis. You can get used to really hating a bunch of people. And I dislike these people, but I'm kind of relieved just to not really, really hate them for a while, even though. That's kind of growing the more I see them do the, you know, Jewish power conspiracies and shit. So I am conflicted, but you know, I'll, I'll stop. What do you think? Do what, what do you feel about them? Well, I guess the thing I feel about them, some of the really smug ones, I quite dislike, uh, like yeah. the, your Victor Taze. Oh, uh, I'm so glad you agree. I'm so glad you agree. Uh, there's some of them where it, actually there's a lot of there's smugness across the board, but again, it's a spectrum. Uh, I guess the thing is I'm coming from a sort of an anti-authoritarian politics and they're talking about anti-authoritarian politics, but in fact they just want their own authoritarian politics. They want, you know, yeah. they want to have they want to get rid of the justice system and replace it with their own justice system. And totally, totally, know, yep. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't actually. They're not actually anti-state at all. Even though it seems you're kind of refreshing to see them, like you know, get angry at coppers. But that, what they want to do is be the new coppers, hey. Mm. And also, I think you mentioned the Jewish power conspiracy, and I think that even that's coming out a bit more now. That uh, yeah, you know, the mask is coming off a little bit, but it's always been a little bit in the background. And my worry with all of these guys, even the funny ones, is that you you do see in like the Facebook groups, etc., like Nazis hanging around the edges, you know, dropping in little things and trying to get people over. And a lot of the people who are in these groups, uh, you know, just the little people are not equipped to deal with that. And they don't know they're being manipulated all the time. No. Yeah. Uh, so that's in what fact they're quite they're quite furt. You know, it's very um, easy to convince them of anything because they, you know, when they get into this awakened, as they call it, state, they 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 end up accepting any old shit that gets thrown at them. And so the experienced manipulators are in there offering them the hottest property conspiracy theories, which are invariably, you know, white supremacist ones in nature. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, once you once you've accepted a bit of it, it's it is hard to go back. Oh, uh, yeah, once you've got a taste. Once you've got a taste, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, they call it the sunk cost fallacy. Like once you've invested some emotion or, so, you know, some time into researching this stuff, then it's a wait. you've wasted your time or you've wasted that uh, that emotion in doing that. And so it's easier to go forwards than to go backwards. Yeah. And often yeah. they go forwards into this bad stuff. Plus, once you've accepted that everyone who disagrees with you is being paid for by, you know, the global elite, then, you know, any old thing said to discredit you is is part of a big global power conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, 
So, what, so all right, so we know that lockdowns are going to transition out. We may get second waves that may increase the, the restrictions again. You know, that's, that's our foreseeable future in the real world. In this world, obviously, think situations are going to change and, you know, the same context that led to some pretty big lockdown rallies around anti-lockdown rallies around Australia is not going to last forever. But I think, you know, what are the pipelines for people coming out of this? What You know, for example, I'll say one, I mean, it's, there's QAnon, there's white supremacy, there's, of course, the tried and tested anti-vax network. What are you, who do you think is going to win the biggest out of this as people, as the situation changes and people filter out? I think the anti-vax people definitely have the capacity to capitalise. Because yep. they already have, you know, highly organised networks and there is going to be this question coming up that there's a vaccine that everyone needs to take. Yeah. Uh, and so they'll be able to exploit that. But on the other hand, people are going to want to take the vaccine. Uh, there's never been a better time to be pro-vax, really, uh, yep. when there's a, a massive disease going around. Um, so I don't know. The QAnon thing, uh, There's that is just growing. That just... I've been looking at QAnon since it started. and Yeah, you've been talking about it on the podcast too since. When did you start, you know, talking about QAnon? I think when, like, it first started coming up, we were talking about it uh, because we'd we'd looked at Pizzagate and then we saw Pizzagate turn into QAnon. Yeah. And it's like there's certain bits of propaganda with QAnon. I guess people have been primed by a lot of stuff. That's what mm-hmm. people talk about, people being primed for this. And then there's certain bits of propaganda which I watch and I'm like, I don't really get how this is having the impact it is. It's having on people but it really cooks some people's brains, things like Fall mm. of the Cabal. Uh, which only came out in um, uh, February of this year, I think, didn't it? For everyone who doesn't know, that's a QAnon documentary that seems to have radicalised many, many people very, very quickly, Yeah, even it, though it's rubbish. Into the Shadows is another one, which is all sort of, it's based around this idea that, you know, there's these elite pedophile rings. But for some reason that really seems to get its hooks into people. I think, and, but QAnon, I mean, QAnon, if you look at uh, in the US, I think the first QAnon congressperson is going to be elected soon. Yeah. Did you see this one? It's like a QAnon. I did see it. I did see it. It's scary. It's like this QAnon person who's been is going to be like the Republican candidate in like a safe Republican seat. Yeah, what's her name? Marjorie something or other. Hey, they're they're pretty much just about to have one of these people who believes that you know Hillary Clinton's out there sucking adrenochrome out of kids' spines, and Donald Trump has been put in by God to stop her. She believes that, and she's going to actually be responsible for political power. Mm. It's a good time, isn't it? It's a good time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, but I think that the problem with the QAnon thing, because, I mean, when we talk about people capitalising, no one's really is gaining anything from that. It's just the movement can pull some of the people off. Yeah. Uh, but with the lockdown easing, you'll see, I think, less of that because that's where it really does help that people have been locked inside. That's what I think that has really driven a lot of how quickly people 
get sucked into those rabbit holes is the fact that they haven't been going out and they haven't been talking to their friends. And, you know, if you watch some of these videos where they try and, you know, do a, a chat with someone over the thing, you know, some of them are struggling with the the FaceTime. Uh, yep. so, so a lot of their communication without people outside is gone. Now that's changing. I think you'll see less of the QAnon thing, hopefully. Yeah. But maybe yeah, we've I'm... just reached the, we've gone past the point in our return though. Who knows? Well, look, it's um, it's time for us to get to the, the, the real reason we're all here, which is the competition to find the golden truth seeker in the anti-lockdown movement. And, you know, Cam and I have talked about this. Um, we're the panel, we're the deciding panel, and we're going to make our assessments right now. And then, what we're looking at is the leading lights of the anti-lockdown movement. Okay, the people who organise the rallies, the people who make the biggest and the best Facebook videos, the people who've really shaped the messaging of the anti-lockdown movement. Um, Cam and I are going to rate them all. We're going to review them out of 10. And this is in three categories. Devotion. And this is... Devotion measures how invested they are in the movement versus, say, how much they're just using it for, you know, self-promotion. So that's devotion. And these are going to be scores out of 10. The second category is flair. And flair is an assessment of how good they are at acting like a fucking ham in videos and at rallies, you know? Getting the emotion, getting the blood pumping, getting the the anti-lockdown fervor going among the troops. And third is leadership. And this is how good they are at actually whipping up the kooks online. And ideally also at rallies. Are you able to materialise people? Oh, you talk a good fucking game, mate, in your videos, but are you bringing the numbers? So Cam and I are both going to make our assessments out of those two categories, and I'll tally up the scores at the end. The winner will receive the Golden Truth Seeker badge, which doesn't exist, but it's still prestigious, okay? And if the winner of the award messages me, if they do, if they have the... You know, if they message me, I will physically create a, an actual Golden Truth Seeker badge for them. And so I put that in, uh, offer out to them now. Um, and, and and let's go. Let's 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 dip in, shall we, Cam? Yeah. Do you want to start with a boring one? Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's go with a boring one. Yeah. Topher Field? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get the fucking shit guns out of the way. Yeah. Come on, let's let's get the flogs out of the way. All right, so shall I, would you like to go first, Cam? All right, for devotion, I'm yeah. going to give him a 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. Just because uh, today I was looking at his Facebook and he's received his fine for his uh, little rally at Trafalgar, yeah. which didn't bring that many people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll we'll save that for leadership. Uh, but he's received this fine, and uh, he he's thinking about challenging it. You know, taking it to the high court uh, on the oh, yeah. basis. You know, we have an implied right to political communication. Yeah, uh, but he's not sure if he wants to because you know he's got a lot on, and that to me, oh, he's too busy for us, is he? For the yeah. common man, fucking dog. To me, that doesn't show much devotion. So I'm giving him a two out of ten there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, flair. Um, I don't know if I should rate him high or low for this. Uh, when people had a go at him, like people from his own side, I think, had a go at him for uh, holding a rally on Anzac Day, uh, he busted out the photo of himself in his 
military uniform, but he was in the army reserves. And yeah, so, he's a fucking he's a valor thief. I don't care. He's a fucking valor thief. I don't, it's got flair. Yeah, I don't know if that's good flair or bad. I'm going to give him a seven for flair just for that. For the yeah, no, I respect his I respect his grift there. Yeah, uh, leadership. Nah, he didn't get the numbers. No, no, he didn't. It so was, it sucked. That's a that's a three. I reckon. That's right. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'll um. Are you writing I, these down? Yeah, yeah, totally, mate. Yeah, I, look, I have to agree with a lot of that. Um, devotion, you know, he was there earlier, but he was only there for himself, and he didn't, you know, he so he organised the first anti-lockdown one in Australia in Victoria, anyway, and he, uh, no, I know, he's just there for himself. I mean, he's got some, yeah, he's devoted to himself. He doesn't give a fuck, and as you've just said, he doesn't even give a shit coming out of it. And where has he been since then? I haven't seen him do anything. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say two as well. And the only reason he's not getting that one is because he got in there early. So that's two for me. And for Flair, yeah, look, I like a good Valor Thief. I do. I've got respect for it. Um, I think to be part of like a, an ostensibly like far-right adjacent thing but to still want to like steal from uh, soldiers' Valor when, you know, you've got soldiers coming to your rallies, I think that that's that's – that's pretty, you know. It's pretty theatrical. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put him up on a, I'm gonna put him on a seven, just like you for that, you know. Because otherwise, he's been very boring. His videos mm. are quite high quality, though. That, that, you know. But that's just because he wants to promote himself. And leadership, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not giving him shit. I'm not giving him shit. I'm giving him one on that. He didn't no. give a fuck. He just wanted to do it for him. He hasn't cared about anyone else. If you had any interest in leadership, Tofa, Tofa, it's not even his name. It's Chris. Isn't it? I think yeah, it's Chris, it right? Yeah. You would have fight. Who would pick that? Uh, he, he would have supported the other people's rallies. He's got no interest in leading anyone but himself into fame. Actually, one out of 10. can I take one point off my flair for calling himself Topher instead of Chris? Yeah, yeah, that's gone down to six, bro. Yep, no. All right, that's Topher Field. The, the, the scores have been entered. Should we go to a big bugger next? Should we, should we hit up Fanus Paniedis? Yeah, go on. I'll get, just to introduce, as I said at the start of the ep, Fanus Paniedis, family food fight, um, one of the leading, real leading lights, if not the leading light of the, the, the anti-lockdown movement. Um, I'll go through my scores for him. Devotion, I, I've got big points for Fanos, I, I think, on devotion um, in terms of you know how loyal he's been to it. However, I have to acknowledge that I really do believe that Fanos um, just wanted to get back on TV, uh, and you can see it. You know, it's not doesn't it's not dislikable about him, but I do see his childlike glee when people go on your Fanos to him in his live streams at rallies, and I firmly believe that that's what he's devoted to. He's devoted to people going. Thanks for standing up, Thanos. You know, and so I gotta, and yet he's he's brought so many of them together. So I gotta hold those two together. I'm gonna give him an eight out of ten. Um, Flair, um, um, you know he he's a ham, well he's a fucking ham. But I still think that he's ripping on. Uh, Romeo George's energy. Um, if anyone doesn't know, Romeo George's is the guy who, in January, uh, 
you know, got big for doing anti, you know, the Greenies lit the bushfires videos, and he does it every day ever since. He's also someone who's addicted to Anya Romeo energy. So I think he's that. But he does, you know, I do like it when uh, I do like a bit of a Thanos meltdown in a video. You know, when he threatened to fucking, you know, get the cops. You know, like violently. That was cool. And so I'm going to put him on. I'm going to put him on a seven uh, for that. And leadership. You know, he's he he's been good at leading. I'm, I'm going to put him, that's my highest score. In fact, I'm rating him very highly, aren't I? I'm putting him on nine. Nine out of ten for that. He's right. a leader. I think he's a leader. Uh, devotion? I'm yep. going to say maybe a nine. I don't know. I got, you know, I got the same impression as you when I was first looking at him. I thought this is, you know, this is another, you know, Sherman Burgess type who, in terms of like the dopamine rush they were getting from the Facebook uh that was the impression I was getting off him. Yeah. But yeah. He, he did, you know, he's shown, he did briefly show the letter he got from his work uh, suspending him uh, on a video the other day. And it's like yeah. he was only suspended. He didn't get sacked. He resigned. Oh, did he? Oh, that's, that's a lie. He lied to us well, for it, attention. He's like, he's gotten suspended. I mean, his choice was to, you know, cut all this shit out and he'd probably still have a job. Or he could just go all in on it, and he's he has gone all in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give him a nine, good on him. nine out of ten for devotion for flair. Uh, I do love a good Thanos rant, but yeah, me too. They've sometimes they're few and far between. Some of his videos mm. are a little bit samey. I also watch them yeah. on like double speed, so I get you know the the scene in Chopper where uh, he does the amphetamines. You know, there's no yeah. cashier. Uh, you really. Yeah. You do get that feeling because uh, yeah, totally. it's yeah. on the double speed. And then when it occasionally my browser craps out and it goes back to normal speed and he's speaking so slowly and it's like, is this my brain or is this you? Um, <laughs> so does that affect the scores upwards or downwards? Are you giving him a multiplier for still intriguing you, although it's on double, or are you taking points off him because he's not making you want to go original speed? I reckon I'm going to give him a seven. Seven. No, yeah. I respect that. It might have been a little, it might have been a little bit higher, but just because he talks so slow normally. Yeah, he uh, needs to hurry up. <laughs> uh, leadership, I'm going to give him. Well, I mean, he got the numbers out there, and yeah, yeah he, he did. He, that first uh, rally he did, like rally, like him just standing out the front of Parliament and saying, "Everyone, come down!" And he, you know, he got ten people or something there, which is actually pretty good numbers for just going on Facebook in the middle of a pandemic and telling people to come down. Totally, yeah. Uh, that shows leadership. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, there have been times when, uh, you know, the Facebook the Facebook group's reach was limited and they had to be, you know, pushed into you know, setting up a different group or doing this or that or the other. So yeah. That, yeah. that's a lack of leadership. So I'm going nah, right. to give him a seven. Seven, yeah, no. Nah. I respect it. I respect it. Craig Cole, moving on to Craig Cole, uh, Uncle Pitbull. Uh, Craig Cole is uh, uh, the admin of the um, the no consent for we are young and free group. And he's actually the person who managed, who arranged the anti-lockdown rally that everyone attributes Thanos with having put on the, the, the big event not too long ago. Um 
Craig Cole. Um, perhaps we'll combine our, our scores under each category. So as in, I'll give my devotion, you give yours. I don't know. Just just, yeah. just a thought here. Um, Craig Cole for devotion. Um, I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him. I'm giving him five out of ten. Uh, he was in there early. No, actually, you know what? I'm being unfair to him. I'm rating him up. I'm going to put him up on a seven because I do think it's a he, he's a consistent one. You know, he's been consistently there. He did try to arrange the events before that big event. He'd done one, I, I could believe it was him, over in St Kilda. So I think Craig Cole is loyal to the movement. I just don't think he has much oomph about it. And so, I, you know, and I, I do think that devotion to a movement would, would, would entail, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't say he's too devoted. And plus, I also, I, I think I'm biased against him because I know that he was there at that Fraser Anning event, um, the day after the Christchurch attack. It makes me want to rate him lower. I'm hmm. biased, and I'm openly admitting my bias against him in this respect. What do you say for devotion? Oh, Tom, it's tricky though, because for me, the devotion and the flair are so linked for me with Craig Cole because he is a professional wrestler. And yeah. so I want him to be bringing his wrestling flair to the movement. Yeah. And he did. So in terms of his devotion, he did bleed for the movement. You know, you're right. You see the video of him at the, the rally when the cops took him down and he's bleeding from the head. But on yeah. the other hand, he is a professional wrestler and he knows how to, you know, bleed from the head. Yeah, you know, that, right. that's one of their tricks. And so that might be good flair, but did he really bleed for the movement? Or does it matter? Good, these are all good questions. Is Does it count as much to, towards his devotion if he bled for the movement, you know, when he's a professional bleeder? So Yeah, you're right. Why can't you have brought some of that in? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay, give, so what's your devotion score? I'll give him a six there. Six, yep. Okay. And flair. Flair, look, I'm. Uh, this is completely based on one video I watched yesterday, where he was doing like a car video, and he kept on dropping his phone. It's like just start over. Uh, so I'm going to give him a five for the flair. Uh, but but also, he has his car right. videos parked. You've got to do them yeah. driving. Otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a zero. I'm giving him a zero out of ten for Flair because if you're a pro wrestler and this shit, these bad car videos is the best you can muster. These low energy, low fi car videos, you fucking you are you are deliberately riding this thing. You, I know he can do better, and he's not. And it, I'm sorry, I'm zero. I'm putting him on zero for Flair. I know it's controversial, but that's what I'm doing. Do you want to give him at least one point for the little bunny rabbit in the background of his videos? Thank you. You're wrong. He's going up. He's going up to one. Big shout out. There's always a little Cadbury chocolate egg bunny in the corner. I don't know why. I refuse to ask him. <laughs> big salutes. Big shout out to that bunny. You know, thank you for thank you for correcting my error of judgment. <laughs> no worries. We we all, we all learn together. Leadership. Yeah. I don't know. You know, he did organise the rally. Uh, but that rally was such a shit show. <laughs> like, you you might organise a rally and then, you know, if you're going to have a bunch of speakers, you might say, all right, this is the order of the speakers. Uh, we're not just going to – it's not going to be an open karaoke night. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we we might you know vet the guy that's going to tell everyone that uh the government's you know got assassins trained to kill them all at a moment's notice. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I look in terms of leadership for Craig. I I don't. Um, mate, he got cucked at his own rally. Fucking, you know, everyone thinks that Thanos did his own event. I know he put it on, and I'll give him a couple of points for that. But claim your own event. Take some charge. You know what I mean? Like galvanise the troops. Stop letting fucking family food fight come in there and and act as though he owns your movement. You know what I mean? I want some oomph from him, and I don't feel like I get it. Yeah, and I, I don't. I can't respect it. I'm giving him a three. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. I'll give him a three as well. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad we concur. Let's move on to a real cooker, and she, she's really got she's really got my vote in some respects. Um, this is Teresa Van Leeshout, and I, it's hard to describe Teresa. I'm. Um, how do we describe her? She's been around the traps for a long time, hasn't she? Mm. She's. I would say she's definitely of the far right, but maybe you know of the patriot side of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's very spuddy. <laughs> she really, really is. She really is. She's been around for so long that I'm actually not that interested in giving her a very high devotion rating but because I think she's just, I think Teresa's always down with whatever's coming up. I don't, I can't credit her in that respect. I don't think she's very devoted to it all or rather she's so devoted to anything that might present itself as being, you know what I mean, so, so a vibe she feels she can uh, you know, capitalise on that I don't trust she's devoted at all to the moment. Do you, how do you feel about that? Do you, uh... No, I think you're right. I don't know. I was going to come at it from the other angle though, you know, that uh, some of the things I see her getting onto are just so minor and insignificant. Like I saw she did this full, it was a really long video, about some random politician in South Australia, but uh, like he was cutting his sister in Melbourne out of the will, and there was this property that was in dispute, and uh, but there was all this other stuff, you know, the, the minister, the MP murdered the parents, and blah 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 blah. And I think she'd gone out and she was filming, you know, the people doing construction on the house next door, and they were all part of it, and it was quite a long involved thing. It's like you don't need to be doing this, but yeah, you are, and I, I sort of don't respect it, but you know, you know what I mean. You you, you think? <laughs> nah, yeah, you do. You respect. <laughs> I, I respect the. Hustle. You admire it. You yeah. admire it. <laughs> nah, it's good when the big dogs weigh into these movements. It lends, she she lends in a bit of credibility. <laughs> Um, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to put her on a five. I'm sitting on the fence here um, on the subject of devotion. What's your score? I'm going to give her a six. You conv- you did convince me with your argument. I do see her everywhere. Like I see her places you'd never expect to see her and then she's just there doing her own thing. Yeah, totally, so yeah, I'll give totally. her a six for that. Flair, I'm going to give Teresa a 10 out of 10. And, and and the reason that I go with this for Teresa is because she is the best abuser of anyone I've ever come across in the far right. And and what I mean that when when Teresa decides to unleash on you with a stream of invective, it is 
incredible. And it's actually one of my personal dreams as a Pokemon hunter to have Teresa abuse, verbally abuse me in public. So I've seen her standing there screaming at some lefty before calling him. And she does this online all the time, but screaming at him, calling him a male pedophile rapist cunt dog, you know, and, and it's just absolutely vile, but it's just so astoundingly over the top that it's really artful. And I really, really admire that. And, and, I think in any competition, I would always rate her ten out of ten for flair. How about you, Ken? She's she's like the anti yard. She is. She is. It would be the perfect use of her to to go against yard. It's always been a dream. I'd like to say something to her, something really rubbish, just like go, "Hey, Teresa, you weak dog," something like that. Just to get the response from her. I think she is the anti yard. I, I totally agree. I'm going to give her an 8 out of 10 for Flair. She brings the documentation. I don't know where she gets the documentation mm. from, but she's got the proof that Bill Gates created the coronavirus. <laughs> she's always got documents, hey? <laughs> like a big pile of papers. And I'll say this, you know, some of these other people, they're like, oh, I've got a feeling, you know, or in my, you know, listen to what your gut's telling you. It's like, no, she's like, I read the documents that Bill Gates wrote. <laughs> she's got always got a hefty pile of papers there. Whether or not they're real or not, she's got them. Yeah. So, yeah, I respect that. That's an 8 out of 10 for me. Very nice. Yep. Okay. So, uh, 8 out of 10 for that. And uh, how about leadership? Well, I don't see anyone following her. <laughs> she's the, you know. No. She keeps running in elections, but I don't think she's ever gotten any traction anywhere. Uh, I I agree with you. She's not in there. She's not leading anyone into anything. Although she's recently started these All Lives Matter protests, <laughs> she wants to do them monthly. Oh well, good on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say because I don't think Theresa's really leading anyone anywhere. I'm gonna give her a zero, and that's not a criticism. I just don't think she's there to be a leader. I just think she's there to do her videos and to live her life, live her best life. Yeah, I'll give her a zero for leadership too. Okay, excellent. Um, let's go on to Victor Tay. Fuck. Ugh. The worst anti-lockdowner. This tittering smug cunt. He's a pastor of a church. He spends every Saturday smiling smugly into a Facebook live cam and running around because the anti-lockdown things, it's an exception if it's exercise is okay. So, therefore, he does this thing called exercising your rights. And every Saturday, he gets groups of people to run back and forth or jog back and forth up outside Parliament House in New South Wales. And, oh, it's just exercise. It's just a bit of exercise. <laughs> and everyone else goes, oh, it's so funny because it's just a bit of ex- just a bit of exercise. <laughs> and I hate his smug face. And I just want to I want to crush it like one mighty... Mighty fist. I just want to grab his whole face and just mush it in, you know. Really. He he's so smug and there's no passion there, it's just smugness. We you don't like him. You said earlier you don't like him either, hey. I don't like him. And for devotion, I'm gonna give him a zero. If if he wasn't doing this, he he this is just purely promotion. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just the like he was at the, the big rally in Sydney, he spoke uh, he referred to like baby killer Berejiklian. and like it's just about putting his own stuff in there and maybe getting a few people along to his church. Uh, he yep. doesn't he doesn't care about it. 
Totally. Um, I go with you. Yeah. 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 I I I know he's got flair technically, but I'm I'm I hate his flair so much that I'm giving him a zero for flair. I'm on the exact you know same I mean? page. You know, he's got catchphrases. Uh he's got like his brand thing. Yes. Yeah. And it's but it's like it's just so shit. It's it bad. Is shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just having flair is not enough here. It's got to be flair that is like good, you know. It's got to be good flair. And this is not good flair. It's the worst. It's like if your flair makes me hate you, then that's not good flair. Yeah. The one good thing I think I can say about him is you're never going to have to worry about, you know, seeing his church on the news because they've all followed him to heaven. It's like he, he doesn't have the career. <laughs> No, he's not going to do it. Smile him smiling smugly around the fucking house for a while. Oh, and how's when he fuck? I tell you what, you know what I'm giving him for leadership? Zero. Because yep. you know why? Because when he was outside the fucking Parliament House and that poor bloody woman, she's not a poor woman at all, I can't stand it, Renee Alpacritti was was leading her child in as a meat shield. What so that because she believed that she was too fucking constitutional to get arrested by coppers. Plus, she had her child with her, so therefore she was immune. And he he ran away. I saw him in the live. He ran away the other way. He didn't want to deal with it. He led her there, and then he fucking ran away. And I hate him for it. I really, really do. Because that was his whole event. He didn't want to take responsibility for it, though. He acts like he's not a leader, and then he goes there to that anti-lockdown fucking event-collecting fucking signal, you know, like bloody standing there taking photos of people. You're not a leader. Zero out of ten under every category. Cam, what's your vote for him under flair and leadership? Uh, flair was a zero as well, and I've got to say, for the exact same reason, leadership is a zero. I saw, you know, when... The, the, you know, it's a nasty video. The kid being ripped off the mum. Yeah. Uh, it's entirely, entirely the mum's fault, but yeah, uh, yeah, you know, people are yelling, Oh, get Victor, Victor, Victor. Never shows up. Yeah, totally. No, he's a fucking dog. He's a traitor. The, he's coming out of that on zero points. I'm fucking, you know, I'm, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm glad we agree. I'm glad we agree. He doesn't deserve any points for his conduct. No, I saw um, I saw King Steve in his video talking about uh, when he was getting into talking about Wayne. He was talking about you know there's the Order of the Australia, and he's like, and there's these other orders, the Order of the Cane Toad, uh, that they give. I think this is a secret order because I couldn't find any information about this online. Uh, yeah, but it's like a secret bad order that they give out at the same time as all of the Order of Australia's. I'm giving bloody Victor Tay the Order of the Cane Toad. Order of the Cane Toad. You're a fucking cane toad, mate. You're fucking pissed. Um, moving on, we've got two more people here. We've got Karen Brewer. Can I say I'm not very schooled in Karen Brewer? I'm I. I don't. I'm going to leave the the ratings on this to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to your ratings with my vibe. Okay. I have you know I haven't watched a huge amount of Karen Brewer stuff. But she, yes, yes. she certainly is, I think she's really inserted herself in with the lockdown people. Yeah, with the letter writing and such, huh? Yeah, they're sending all these letters out where if, the, you know, the government doesn't respond in 30 days, you know, there's admitting fault or whatever. 
Yeah, pretty- for everyone listening, Karen Brewer is a big experience, soft-sit conspiracy theorist type. Um, she's had fights with a lot of these other big older names, you know. Like she, She's not friends with Eliahi Priest, who's another notable uh, conspiracy cooker generally. Um and and yeah yeah so so yeah not too experienced. What 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 do you what do you think about Karen's performance? Well, I mean, they've she's just got the one thing, which is that there's this secret pedophile cabal in Parliament, and yeah. she's she's been onto it from before QAnon. Yeah, true. She just wants she just wants everyone to believe in the cabal. And yeah, the letter writing doesn't really do it for me. Uh, I've noticed that. So the, the, they write letters about 5G vaccines and the Karen Bruin letters. They're getting everyone to do her letters as well. And I think she was already doing the letters, but they've, like, streamlined her letters. I think there was, like, you had to send 10 letters or 20 letters or something to get Karen Brewer's, the suppression order that the government has put on themselves being named as pedophiles lifted. Which, yeah. So for devotion, you know, it's not that, it doesn't require a huge amount of devotion to ask people to send a letter. No, I, I I think she's riding the coattails of this movement just to get people to believe in you know pedo groups and and, and to write heaps of letters. Um, I, I, I'm gonna yeah, you, you're more of a better. I'm gonna give her fives across the board. I know I'm not too um, uh, schooled in her, but devotion, flair, leadership, very ho hum for me, and very almost tangential to 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 the anti-lockdown. I want more spice. You know, I know she's there and she's influencing people, but I want to feel that you're real about this, not just that you really want everyone to write a letter or that you've really done like pedos. Good on you. No one likes fucking pedos. You know what I mean? Fuck you. Get out of my anti-lockdown movement. Fives across the board. How about you, Cam? Yeah, I'm going to go fives across the board too, and especially this is another one where, you know, there are uh, pedophiles in elite society uh and this sort of shit is cover for them because crazy people talk about there being elite pedophiles and so then it's harder for someone to come out and say well the fucking archbishop of australia was a pedophile oh it's okay you're one of those crazy people it doesn't doesn't really help yeah that's it she's actually helping pedos in a way (laughs) In in a way she is and then you've got you know you've got other pedo hunters out there like lie priest and she's going around saying, oh, his uncle's a pedo or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. No. Makes no, you think. I don't, I don't. Uh, it does make you think. It does make you think. It really, really does. Um, thank you, Karen Brewer. Um, yeah, best of luck. Um, finally, we've got Wayne Glue. And I have to say I'm really impressed with Wayne Glue just going into this. Uh, as an anti-lockdowner, I, I think like I can see the threads of Wayne Glue's good, solid, honest anti-lockdown work through a lot of the, you know, the stuff that's happened here. But let's go into the categories. Look, in terms of devotion, I'm going to give him a big high one. And I know that might seem a little out of field, but Wayne Glue's been a sovereign citizen for a very long time. As I say, he's bled for that movement. He's, He's lost his house you know, to it because he won't stop banging on about how there's a secret constitution. You know, he just, even if the sheriff's there taking your house, He's still there yelling at the sheriff that they're not legal under the Constitution. So he'll stare it until it's blue in the face. And in that sense, that's a real, that's real, to me, that's real daddy umbrella stuff for the anti-lockdown movement. It's like his his vibes uh, 
uh, predecessor vibes for the whole movement in a way. It's like, like you know, he, he, he if it weren't for people with with vibes like Wayne Glues, also as well in terms of you know the the, the secret constitution informing people's idea as to the legality of the the anti lockdown. If it weren't for the good work of patriots like him, then I just don't think that the anti lockdown movement would be the same. So in terms of devotion, I'm going to give him a good ten. I'm giving him a big ten. Yeah. Controversial, but hey. I'm going to give him a nine because I agree it does take some devotion to, you know, lose your house because of how yeah. convinced you are that the law isn't real. Uh, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm knocking off a point for having a go at the king. Yeah, that's bad. That That's that's a misstep. You know, that's a definite, yeah, but I agree. He, he, Fucking leave the king alone, Wayne. He definitely has gotten his hooks into this entire thing. And, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've said... Because I've been posting about this stuff a lot, you know, some, some like community lawyers and act, lawyer activists contact me, and they're like, "This is so bad that these people are being advised by these people." Because <laughs> yeah, you know, you do have a right to protest, but you'd be better off going to a protest knowing what your actual rights are, as opposed to being told, "Oh, if any officer tries to you know arrest you, just serve them this paper and." Uh, yeah, then you can invoice them for your time in jail. Totally, totally. But you've got to actually say, though, like he keeps telling everyone this bunch of fake laws and everyone believes him. That's actually really strong leadership because every, he does lead him. He's willing to lead everyone. Everyone's willing to be led by Wayne straight into the arms of coffers. Mm. And, I, and I think that's really, I think that he, the idea that he's fake, false, mystical constitution and law understanding, you know, the same one that led him to get his house taken is leading everyone else into a jail cell. I think, I think. look, it's not great for those people. But it does demonstrate leadership. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I actually give him, I give him a 10 for leadership. Yep. No, I'm there with you. I think Wayne's going to score quite highly. What do you give him for flair though? Because, oh, geez, he's boring to listen to. <laughs> He is fucking boring. And I, so this is the thing, despite how boring he is, he's somehow incredibly convincing. And so yeah. I think I have to give him like an eight for flair. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you put him on eight. Despite his lack of charisma, he somehow convinces these people to, you know, just ignore basic common sense about the law. I totally agree, yeah. I, I think the flair, I, he's a very boring old man in these videos, and, and yet I... I like it when he tells off the premier and the coppers and, and like everyone. Rob Hulls. Yeah, like he just tells everyone. Everyone's a naughty little boy or girl when when Wayne's telling him. And so he cucks a lot of people. He cucks a lot of people in power in his videos, and I got respect for that. And I also I think that the secret red constitution, which Wayne himself sells for one hundred and fifty dollars, if you send off that cash off to a, his um his address in Perth. Oh, I, I like that. It's evocative, you know what I mean? It's like it's some Da Vinci Code shit, you know, and I, and I like that. It's a good vibe to have. And so I, I'm going to go, I'm, a, I'm taking points off for his, uh, his boring old man videos, but I'm giving him a seven for all those things. Yeah, I mean, he's bound a book. Like it's a proper, I think it's a proper book. I don't know. I've never actually seen a physical copy of it. But it looks yeah. like he's had it properly done. It's not one of these yeah. dodgy print-on-demand jobs that some of these people have come up with. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Well, it's 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 been, 
you know, it's been neck and neck for some of them, certainly, and in, in the, the, the top three spots have been hotly contested. And actually, we've got a tie on, on third. Have you the th- have you just done the some quick maths or have you got a spreadsheet or something there? I had a spreadsheet there ready to go, bro. Yeah, yeah. Actually, while we were talking in the start of the conversation, I quickly did the little auto sum calcs and was ready to go. Um, in third place, we've got a tie between Teresa Van Leeshout and Karen Brewer. Um, I, if I could do my time over again, I would have it be Teresa. I, you know, it's just because I like her insults. I think Karen's snuck her way in. But then again, her letter writing campaign really took her up in the rankings. So it doesn't surprise me. You know what I mean? Mm. Up in second place, and I think this is very, very well deserved for all of his hard work and all of his live streams is Thanos Panigides. Um, You know, he's done such a monumental job, hasn't he, Cam? He has. Uh, I don't know how well it's going to keep going. But, uh, no, he's fucked it up. He's fucked it up by by making – he's stopped making new groups and stopped making, like, closed platform things that you think everyone's going to go off to. You're not going to keep the movement going if you keep making new groups and Telegram and MeWe and this and that. Stop trying to move everyone about, dude. You're not actually a mover. You were a temporary guy that was put in because you were saying all the right kook stuff and you were on the telly once. Stop acting like you're fucking Jesus for the anti-lockdown people, bro. They'll I'll beat you in a second. Stop it. Yeah. And that, I mean, that main Facebook group with the, I don't know, what is it, 60, 70,000 members, that's on yeah. borrowed time if you look at what Facebook's yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's on the air. He's on the air. Good. Congratulations on the second prize, Panos. And, and look, right out in the first, um, I'm so happy to see it, I must say, is the daddy, the Don Dada, the fucking, the constitution man. Wayne Glue, yay! Congratulations, Wayne. I just want to say you've been a sovereign citizen beyond compare. Um, You are a personal hero of mine, and I would love it if... We could do a trade, Golden Truth Seeker, for the Red Constitution, bro. So if if, if you want to reach out, um, I'm I'm more than willing to do that, that trade. Um, I imagine the Golden Truth Seeker badge, if I get it made, will be at least worth $150. So, so that's something to think about. Cam, do you want to say anything to Wayne Glue? Oh, you know, well done, Wayne, I suppose. You know, my loyalty lies with the king, but I have to, you know, yeah. I have to say well done. That's all. I, th- I, I, think I don't want to be in the king's bad books. No, that's true. That's true. It is tougher, isn't it, in that respect, isn't it? I actually wish, like, um, I really hope that, like, maybe someone can say Wayne's the king. Because I would get behind that claim. Like, I, I would do that. Um, but, you know, look, Steve Spears is it. I'm not going to dispute that claim to the throne. But the point is, congratulations, Wayne Glue. You, you're one of the best people in Australia. <laughs> At specifically cooking people's brains. <laughs> cooking people's brains. Great guy. Great guy. Um Cam, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Do you have anything to plug before we're, we're done here? Oh, just, uh, yeah, you plugged it all at the start. The Hypothetical Institute on uh, Spotify, all those places. Uh, Yenar Passaran on 3CR, 4.30pm, but you can get a podcast. And, of course, uh, Hot Knockers available on the Amazon ebook store. Get it on your Kindle. I'll be buying a copy. 
Um, and, and I am actually, you know what, I might buy a copy this episode and maybe read a little bit of it out in the intro to the next episode. Um, so, so thank you so much for your contribution to the world of eBooks and for your, your hard work collecting Pokemon in the world of the anti-lockdown conspiracy movement. Thank you so much for your time, Cam. Not a problem. Thank you, Tom. Arrest Bill Gates. <laughs>